This is Franchise Today, brought to you by FRM Solutions, providers of the best-in-class software solutions for franchise relationship management. Franchise Today is your destination for weekly information, conversations, and interviews with accomplished industry leaders, all of whom share best practices for sustainable growth and sensible franchising. Here now, your host, Stan Friedman, to kick off this week's podcast. Today is Wednesday, August 30th, 2023. I'm Stan Friedman, and this is franchise today. Well, the countdown's on. Just two more days before I head to Buffalo, New York for the 21st National Buffalo Wing Festival, which each year I anticipate in so many ways that are very similar to counting down the months, weeks, and days each year until IFA's convention. And while one might scratch their head when I say so, the two really have an awful lot in common. In each place, I see old friends and make new ones. I break bread with both. We all tell stories. We help newbies learn the ropes. And we showcase honor, respect, and pay homage to those who came before us and learn from those disrupting the industry by breaking new ground and raising the bar on the status quo. Now, too, it is plain to see that there are some significant differences as well between IFA and Wingfest. While IFA does take us to some pretty cool destinations each year, Wingfest wins that category hands down as it is held on the turf at Highmark Stadium, home of the Buffalo Now, you tell me, what could be cooler than spending Labor Day weekend eating wings, swilling beer, and hanging out with friends and family, along with icons of the wing world, on an NFL stadium's field? Of course, it's a rhetorical question, and I don't expect a reply. But, we do have a new website, and on it, I do invite you to let me hear from you with any questions, comments, or guest suggestions. Just click on the appropriate tab at the top of www.franchisetoday.info to contact me or to leave guest suggestions. Now, before I tell you about today's guest, many thanks to Brad Hillier, CEO of Rebath, for sharing so much with us here last week. And what a great follow-up this week's guest makes, because this week, once again, the focus will be on a people-first culture of abundance. A quick timeout, and when I return, I'll be joined by industry icon and serial entrepreneur Greg Long, CEO of Phoenix Franchise Brands. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Franchise Today will be right back, but first, a word from our sponsors. Franchisors of restaurants, bars, and grills, and multi-unit franchisees, listen up. This message is for you. If you're looking to engage guests, elevate profits, and enhance your customer experience, Atmosphere TV is the answer. What's Atmosphere, you ask? Atmosphere is the world's number one streaming TV service for businesses, here to help you make more and save big on overpriced cable packages. Atmosphere provides you with a free programming option, bringing more than 60 ultra-engaging audio-optional channels designed to please customers and increase their average ticket. So, how does it work? Well, it's easy. Upon sign-on, Atmosphere sends you a free device, loaded with over 60 channels of eye-grabbing entertainment. From news and sports to viral videos and fuzzy animals, every channel is family-friendly and designed to keep your customers happy and engaged. Plus, thanks to Atmosphere's 100% audio-optional format, the programming is perfect for any setting, no matter how loud or busy. So, stop playing and paying overpriced cable. Go with free TV instead. Just go to atmosphere.tv forward slash sign up. 
and use the code FRANCHISE, and Atmosphere will waive the usual one-time $99 activation fee for your free-to-stream device. Visit Atmosphere online at atmosphere.tv, and remember, use the code FRANCHISE to waive your one-time activation fee. Visit atmosphere.tv to elevate your franchise's entertainment experience today. This week, I'm joined by industry veteran Greg Long, CEO at Phoenix Franchise Brands. They are the franchisors of Fetch Pet Care, Door Renew, Spray Foam Genie, and Furryland Mobile Grooming. Their mission at Phoenix is to help those with entrepreneurial spirits create a legacy for themselves, their families, and the communities that they serve. They do so living and breathing the following five core values. Honesty, character, courage, inclusivity, and integrity. And as you'll hear today, as Greg lays it all out, he is rich in experience and collectively his team is changing lives one business at a time across their ever-expanding portfolio of brands representing a combined 130 plus years of franchising experience. Listen, Greg Long, welcome to Franchise Today. Well, thank you, Sam. It's a, it's an honor and a privilege to be here. I listen to many of your podcasts, and uh, again, uh, it's uh, it's it's a thrill to uh, be talking with you today. Well, it's a thrill to have you here today because there aren't too many people in my world that I can push over to their LinkedIn profiles and find what I found when I found yours. You ready? I sure am. This is a number that would make Nick Powell's at 1851 real proud. That's the number of first-tier connections you and I share on LinkedIn, 1,851. Now, you know when somebody's got that kind of linkage to you, they are where they are for a reason. So I'm proud and honored to be talking with you today as well. Uh, thanks, Dan. That's a lot of mutual connections. That's a lot of people. And I go through the places that you've been, which you're going to take us on that little journey in just a second. But we probably could spend 30 to 45 or even an hour brand by brand and talking about the places that we were much less trying to get to the conversation that we want to today about where we are and where we're heading. So maybe we'll do this in a couple of parts and we'll make today the first of a couple more to come, bring in some of your other team along the way. That'd be terrific, Stan. So take us back to where and when, Greg, franchising bumped into you and what were you doing then and how did it happen? Well, Stan, it all started in a log cabin. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's my story. <laughs> I took a very non-traditional approach to, to my career. Came from a big family, big Irish Catholic family. There were seven of us, the second oldest, oldest boy, an older sister, four younger sisters, and a brother. And the significance of that is that every one of them has got an undergrad and a graduate degree. There's only one that didn't go to college, and that would be yours truly. My father, much to his chagrin, I think I was the only kid that really kind of worried him for a little while. Not too long, but for a little while. I just told him, I said, Dad, I said, you know, that's an awful long time to invest in something that really isn't going to make me any money. And he said, no, you're not looking at it, right? He said, this is what's going to make you money. I said, no, dad, I can make money, but uh, I really don't want to spend the next four or five years when I think I'm, I'm ready to go make money right now. And I was that kid, Stan, that in the neighborhood, I was, we live in Michigan. So every winter there was an opportunity to make money. And I just knocked on every door in, in our neighborhood and shoveled driveways for a bucket driveway and 50 cents for the walk. And I did that. I shagged groceries at the grocery store. I had paper routes. I did I did anything I could that, that covered off two different 
things that I was passionate about. I love taking care of people. And I, I love making money. So it, it was sort of a natural thing for me. Again, I drove my parents a little crazy, but I decided to go into business at a, at a pretty young age. I bumped around, worked a few jobs and made the decision when I was 21 to open up a business. And it was a sort of a interesting, not a franchise, but sort of a franchise kind of scenario. I'll really date myself in a minute, Stan, when I tell you that a number of businesses, we all got together and it was sort of a co-op, sort of a licensing thing. We operated under a a similar trade name, but the whole strategy was to buy yellow pages cheaper. So that'll tell you how long ago that was, right? So (laughs) I started off with just me, myself and I and opened up this garage and I specialized in, in all the ugly work that nobody wanted to do. Engines and transmissions and differentials and, and axles. And I really specialized on fleets of vehicles. So, you know, anywhere there was more than one vehicle, you're going to get a phone call and a knock on the door, whether you're a florist or the Michigan State Police or the County Road Commission or countless businesses out by the airport. I was shaking hands with you and telling you why I could do a better job than anybody else you ever met. And we always over-delivered and under-promised. And it was... Uh, Uh, you know, five post office contracts and a lot of government work. We worked for a lot of car dealers and every single vehicle when we got finished with it, we washed that vehicle inside and out. And I promise the stand up was the only time any post office trucks in that day and age ever got washed was the time that I was working on them. We did the overflow work for UPS and we built a nice business. I tried to copy off of every franchise brand in the automotive industry. These are back in the days of of Midas and, and Tuffy and Speedy and Monroe and Anybody who was a chain of automotive places, Firestone, Goodyear, boy, I, I tried to just knock them all off and be better. So when a retail customer came in, which was somewhat rare, if it was a man or a woman, they could walk in my front door and know that it was a clean place to sit down. They would have a good cup of coffee, not the typical coffee you'd find at some of those places, but and always some donuts and uh, bagels were just coming into its own, which feels like a million years ago. But, you know, it was always a snack and a cup of coffee and how can we help you kind of thing and built a great reputation with the public, but principally it was the uh, the fleet accounts. And that was my greatest source of advertising. If you looked in our lot and you saw six state police cars and a couple of ambulances and some county cars, and I think it was credible. And we always won those contracts. I always bumped them on the price, but it wouldn't matter. I mean, we if we said we'd get it done by Tuesday at one o'clock, we always delivered it that Tuesday morning or, or the day before. And as a fleet manager, you got to keep your vehicles on the road. That was job one. And so I recognize that even as a kid and we just worked real hard. And I, I think we I think we earned everything we got. It was a very interesting time for me because I own the company. And as we grew, we grew to three branches around the metro Detroit area and, and did a couple million in sales. And, and, you know, everybody was older than me, whether it was five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, a couple of the old timers, 30 years old, because, you know, gosh, they were in their 50s. That, that seemed like a pretty old person up until now. Now it seems like a kid, but I learned to be a good listener because how else was this young kid going to get anything done through these veteran people that knew so much more about their crap than I did? I just had to listen. And through the years, it served me pretty well. I, I wish I could tell you I was I was smart enough to, uh, to, to know that I wasn't. I just didn't know. So that was 
my reaction. You know, I always felt a big obligation to the people that worked for me and always tried to put them first. And funny thing about that, when you put the people first, I can tell you that it's happened to every part of my career. You know, the money always seems to follow. Sure. Never wanted to sell that business stand, but somebody walked in eight years later and made me an offer. And I slept on it and sold it. And I had one goal at that point. I wanted to work at Zbart International. They were the biggest name in automotive franchising. I was in love with the idea of franchising. And so I was very persistent. I got into Zbart, kind of low man on the totem pole. I met a fellow by the name of Tom Wolf there, and Tom was my mentor. I learned so much from him on so many levels. I learned a lot of a lot about business, a lot about franchising. I really feel like I grew up there. I had just a terrific career at Zbart. I was there for a decade, learned how to develop businesses in every kind of social and political and economic environment you can think of in every region of the world. And you know, Zbart was a great place to grow up. I learned an awful lot about core competency and how you can diversify a company. And more importantly, I, I learned a lot more about people and about franchise staffing and executives in the business. And it was, uh, that was a credit to uh, to Tom Wolf. Tom is still the uh, the chairman at Zbart today. And this is this was a long time ago. I started in 1989. Tom was still a very young man. In my view, he still is. And he wasn't going anywhere. And with his blessing, uh, I took a position at Service Brands. They had just bought this new company that was really revolutionary. It was, it was going to formalize the handyman business. And so this is the year 2000, Stan. There wasn't any national brand in that business. It was completely and 100% fragmented. And it was typical for people in that industry to show up late, not look presentable, not finish the job, not do it on time. And we just decided we were going to be everything but that. David McKinnon was the chairman at Service Brands at the time. And he was he was a terrific guy. He's, uh, I think, one of the, uh, along with Tom Wolf, I think uh, David was one of the real contemporary pioneers of today's franchising. No doubt. David McKinnon is an icon in the world of franchising and an early serial entrepreneur that knew how to do it and do it and do it and do it again and again and again. Do you know, he? I, I think uh, I've lear- I learned an awful lot from David, most certainly, and he gave me an, a, a lot of opportunity while I was there. His partner, Lynn Drayton, is one of the smartest people I ever met. He's uh, He used to be the president of CompuWare, which is a big deal here around Detroit. But David was just a, a wonderful leader. He really understood the passion and the path forward for franchisees and created something really special in Molly Made. And I had the good fortune after working on Mr. Andy Man and getting that rolling a little bit to, to step into those Molly Made shoes and uh, have the opportunity to run the flagship, which was great. Something I really enjoyed and then worked on this startup, Mr. Handyman. It was a great part of my career, one that I always am looking fondly back on, on the heels of my apprenticeship at Zbart, the way I look at it. Was uh, Todd Recknagel part of Mr. Handyman in your years? Todd Recknagel? Yeah, sure was. He was, uh, as I was going out, he was coming in and uh, Todd did a great job and really took everything up to the next level. His wife, Christy Mayhew, was, uh, uh, when I left, she stepped in as the, the EVP and eventually the president at, at Miley Maid. And I had the good fortune of having her work for me for many years too. Both of those folks are just really fine individuals and uh, just just terrific. Their own brand is just amazing in, in the franchise industry with no what they've done uh, with uh, Massage Envy and Solar Salons and, and helped so many other people. I go back with Todd all the way to 1997, 98, and 99 when I had 
headed Global Development for Blimpy International, and he was one of our sub-franchisors. I do remember his story. I didn't know that you guys were tied together then, but that's a small world. But uh, yeah. yeah, gosh, I haven't seen Tad for a little bit, but terrific guy. And as his uh, wife, his, his wife, Christy, actually started off as, uh, as the receptionist for just about a minute at Service Brands. And then she went into license administration and operations. And well, I tell you, she was one of the best operators that I had ever seen. She was really good. Her, her start just continued to rise uh, long after I left. So walk us up from there to the next mile marker on the journey. You know, I decided to go back into business for myself. It's just one of those things that, you know, once you've done it, you just want to keep doing it. And so with a kind of an extraordinary capital structure, I had some uh, some private equity money, some conventional financing, and, you know, the long family farm. We bought a very little known B2B franchise company out in Denver called AutoQual. And AutoQual was uh, a car dealer service. Our customers were exclusively car dealers. And it only had about 20 units, but it made a lot of money on 20 units. Bought it outright. I was going to move it from Denver, where it was located, to Detroit. That's where I live. But after closing, I spent a week out there and just decided, you know, that'd be the biggest mistake to take away all the people that really took care of those, those franchisees. That would have been a real big tactical mistake. So I commuted for two years to uh, Littleton, Colorado every other week and started growing AutoQual. The name of our parent as service brands was to Molly made a Mr. Handyman and one he had a dry clean and certified restoration dry clean. Ours was AFS. We started with AutoQual. We added collision on wheels, which was also a car dealer kind of business. We had a dryer vent wizard, built that from scratch with David Laval. Uh, David was also the steward and the creator of Mr. Handyman, so that's how I met him. But now it was in a, under a different umbrella. It was under my umbrella. We created Dryer Vent Wizard. We bought Rooster's Men's Grooming Systems with Kurt Landwehr and Aaron Grondon, and we grew Rooster's up. We grew all these up simultaneously, and eventually in uh, 2011, we started selling some of the brands. I had a partner in the business, and he had some personal trouble and just really affected a sale. So Kurt and I and David Lavelle, we hung on to Rooster's, hung on to Dryer Vent Wizard. We sold the other brands to uh, good strategic buyers. One of them was one of my heroes in franchising, Ken Walker. Everybody knows driven brands knows Ken. Yeah. So he always said in a really Southern draw, he said, Greg, if you ever decide to sell that auto call and driving style, you just only need to make one call. And I did. And he bought it. It was a nice deal for everybody. And, and driven brand still owns and, and operates both of those. So I decided to go to work for Regis. They had bought Roosters. And my friend, Kurt Landwehr, who is still a close friend today and just Kurt's and I kind of in the industry too. He, he owns a whole lot of statistics and records in uh, franchise development. So mm-hmm. he's, uh, he's done it in such an amazing way. So Kurt and I went there and Kurt changed Regis's world. He brought in his system that we used at Roosters and Kurt started putting numbers in for new units and new owners. That was the significance. Regis never really grew. Uh, they, they grew organically through their own brands, but they never really grew by bringing new people in. They just, they weren't very good at it. And Kurt was the best there was and is. And so he started bringing units in on an annual basis by the hundreds. In the meantime, I decided that working for a public company probably wasn't my future. 
And for all the right reasons, I came to work for a company called the Huntington Group, which was based back here in Michigan. And I was commuting to Regis. Every other week, I was heading to Minneapolis. And a fellow that was really intent on rolling up the dry cleaning industry that I had known for a long time, helped him franchise his business, actually brought it to service brands. It was called Certified Restoration Dry Clean, and now it's just shortened to CRDN. But he had uh, done a nice job in textile restoration, wanted to roll up the uh, retail side. And we did just that. I, you know, we grew through acquisition. He had just bought one eight hundred dry claim. And that was a pickup and delivery residential concept. And from a cold call to close, we bought press for time and martinizing or one hour martinizing, as some people may have known it. And did a lot of market research, determined that martinizing was the best brand and tucked everything in under martinizing. And Stan, that was a very interesting endeavor and strategy to take somebody from press for time or wanting to get a dry clean, some of which were 20-year-old franchisees, and tell them that they're going to have a new name. And if you ever want to get your medal tested, that'd be the way to do That's it. That's a good way to do it. <laughs> yep. But going back to uh, Tom Wolf at ZBart, we bought our two biggest competitors. And I learned an awful lot about changing Tidy Car and Tough Coat Dynol into ZBart. And we used some of the same chapters out of that playbook for this one. And we made those transitions. And we got everybody under one brand. And it really worked out terrific. I woke up one year, you know, six years into this. And I really worked close with my wife, Maria, to, to get all that stuff done. And we woke up one day and we found that we were... Uh, uh, we were being sold. And unbeknownst to us, it was kind of the final leg of things. And they wanted to meet the executives of the company. And I just thought, you know, gosh, after all this hard work, breaking records for a 60-year-old brand time after time, it was really time to, again, be self-employed. And, you know, we uh, did a little bit of, of management consulting for a while, did some work for who I think is the absolute finest private equity organization in franchising. It's Princeton Equities. They're just amazing people. And I had the good fortune of being referred to them and did some projects for them and stayed on in their MedSpy A10 brand, which I still have responsibilities uh, as the CEO today for. But Jim Waskevich and Phil Pirro are two of the best PE guys, franchise guys in the industry today. And I call them the most non-PE people in PE because they don't do things for exclusive return on investment. They look at franchisees and staff as people, as faces. They really do things in a very special way. And that's not to say that there's not a lot of wonderful, great PE companies out there. Of course, there is. I'm just very fond of these guys. They've done a, a marvelous job in their business and they've taken a number of different verticals. They own consulting groups now. They own franchise companies, I think 18 different brands. And they've really done an awful lot of good for an awful lot of people out there in a very non-traditional way. So I, I met those folks folks told them all along that, hey, you know what, fellas, I, I am going to be self-employed again. So I just want you to know I will worship the opportunity and love the opportunity to work with you at by A10, but I'm going to look for something else to buy. And I found a company that was available on the internet. And the fellow who was the chairman of Cybeck, his name was Harry Loyal. And Stan, I don't know if, you, if you've ever come across Harry. Uh, he was the treasurer at the IFA for, for years and years and years, but he's one of the best people I ever met. I've been so fortunate. I'm dropping a lot of names on you here, but gosh, you know, these are just, I don't know, they were putting my life for a reason. But Harry Loyal was just a great guy. And he had decided to sell Fetch. They were the second owner. Fetch is a 22-year-old company. And I bought it in March 
of 2020. And unfortunately, on the very last day of 2020, Harry passed away very tragically. So we were kind of on our own. Harry was helping us out with a number of different elements of the business as we transitioned in. But March 2020, it's one of those months that people always remember. And it was the start of the pandemic. And that's the other way to get your metal tested is by a franchise company on the first of the month that COVID starts. You know, it was a very interesting six months. We just bought this franchise company. They had about 50 units and folks were really wondering, well, who are these people that bought this company and how are we going to get through uh, the pandemic? And so we set up conference calls and uh, we, we did it every other day for 120 days at 2.30, whether it was a Saturday, a Sunday, it didn't matter. Every other day, we got on the phone with our franchisees, our staff, our vendors, everybody involved in Fetch and just let them know that it was going to be okay. We told them about new websites that we were building that we finished. It was the first new website they had in a decade and new infrastructure and new people and new marketing programs. And Stan, people didn't know what was going to happen out there. So we commissioned our law firm to, to write a letter showing how we helped all the, the essential businesses that were looking at all these sheltering in place kinds of letters that were city, county, statewide. And we wrote one for every single franchisee that was facing one of those, 60 all in that showed how we were taking care of the pets of these essential business people, just in case somebody ever got stopped and nobody ever got stopped, but we were walking dogs and wanted to continue walking dogs. So during those kind of dark days, people could get to hospitals and people could get to transportation jobs and grocery stores and all the things that were under the essential business moniker. And you know what? Everybody kept their chin up and we got through it and really built something special with Fetch. We're close to 170 locations now with Fetch. And along the way, we were bound to determined to be in the mobile grooming business and you know, really marry that up, not formally, but to cross-pollinate those customers. And we found Furryland that was founded by a guy by the name of Nick Field. Uh, again, one of the best people I know. And, and Nick had, had developed this wonderful business based out of Las Vegas and was really looking for some help to franchise it. So we took it nationally in 2022 and we were sold out in 50 markets and just really doing terrific. And it's a great brand. And simultaneously, we bought Door Renew from uh, the founders. They had about eight units across the country and Door Renew essentially refinishes your front door. It gives your house a, a brand new smile, if you will. And it's a very unique way that process is done. And we also met Chris Ryan, my son Kevin did, who has the best spray foam insulation business on the planet. He's got everything figured out in such a granular way that is no surprise that this past 12 months, we just about sold out Spray Foam Genie nationally. So it's been a great run. We've got two new brands that we're getting ready to launch, Stan. Before you go there, we've really done a good job of getting to the current day, just about to the current day. But as I said at the beginning, there was too much to talk about here today to do this in the allotted time. What I want to do is take a quick break right here. And I want to spend a few minutes on the other side of that break, stitching the fabric of all of these brands that you currently own, Fetch, Pet Care, Dory New, Spray Foam Genie, and Furryland Mobile Grooming, into what is now known as Phoenix Franchise Brands and spend a few minutes talking about your vision for that. And then have you, Chris, and the team back to talk in a second half of the episode about today forward. Does that work for you? Absolutely, Stan, of course. So let's do that. Let's take a quick break and we're going to come back and stitch it all together into what is Phoenix Franchise Brands. And we'll end part one there and come back for part two in a week or two. Fair enough? Fair enough. All right. We're talking to Greg Long. He's the founder, CEO of Phoenix Franchise Brands. You've heard about each of them up till now. He's got two more to preview and we'll do that on the other side of this break. I'm Stan Friedman. This is Franchise Today and we'll be right back. 
Franchise Today will be right back. But first, a word from our sponsors. We are all familiar with Vistage, YPO, and EO. Well, now comes Zor Forum, a somewhat similar type of executive group. But this one comes with a twist. Zor Forum groups are exclusively for franchisors. Imagine a peer group for sharing and networking on a platform built exclusively for franchise executives. Zor Forum members are afforded unparalleled access to best practices and some of the brightest minds within the franchising world through regular meetings and a dedicated communications platform. In this post-COVID world, a franchise-specific mastermind or peer group is an endeavor worth making time for. Zorforum groups of 6 to 10 will bring leaders together that are in similar situations, but with exclusivity in terms of their competitive sets, so that each can openly help others benefit from their respective knowledge, perspective, and experience with no fear of competitive loss. Network, learn, strategize, and remain motivated along your journey. Join a peer group, not just any peer group. Join the only one designed for emerging franchisors. Join Zor Forum. Learn more at zorforum.com. That's www.zorforum.com. And the conversation continues today with Greg Long, Chief Executive Officer of Phoenix Franchise Brands. And we've talked walking up to the break about the four brands that are currently under that umbrella. Two more that you talked about that are upcoming. Give us a preview of what those look like, Greg. Well, one is an early child development stand, which I'm very passionate about. I think it's a way to help children out and get them moving their bodies at, at a very early age. And the ink's just about dry on that one, but I can tell you that it's uh, it's very exciting. Based out east, it's a wonderful founder, and it brings athletics, aerobics, and, and exercise to children from 18 months to five years old. And I'm very excited about that whole category. I think that on the horizon franchising, it's one of the fastest growing segments of the franchise industry. And the other one is just more good old-fashioned, wonderful home service. It's on the commercial side. It's actually actually a business that uses polyurethane and silicone on flat roofs that really allows the investor of the of the real estate to have a, a good strong roof for a matter of 30 years so we're really excited about that both wonderful models and great staff that comes with it so excited about both of those the one fits really well under our home service side uh, the other one just starts a new category we're going to be looking for other opportunities in the early child development category as well all very exciting and i think that i heard one comment thread through this entire episode today, which started with your dad and why you're not going to college because you had a different vision and you were going to follow your passion and follow your heart. And you told that story to not just your dad, but I think you shared that kind of vision again at Princeton, New Jersey at MedSpa. And yeah, I'm happy with that relationship, but don't think you're going to keep me without me being involved in other things. I'm going to follow my vision and follow my heart. And I've said forever, if I've said it once, I've said it a hundred times in franchising that second to money, the most important thing you can bring is your passion. And Greg, there's no shortage of passion from you. Oh, thank you, Stan. You know, it's a family affair here. You know, some of the best executives in our company are my wife, Maria, who is the president of Fetch, my son, Kevin, who is the CEO of Spray Foam Genie and also runs Door Renew. Michael, uh, who is uh, kind of my right-hand guy. He's the one that found Furryland and he's uh, simply amazing. He works in the accounting side. And Stephen, who might be the best operator I ever met. Stephen is just a terrific guy. That's kind of the close family folks, just as close. I have my son-in-law as the director of marketing on the home service side. I've got my nephew.
nephew. He just lights up my day every day. He's part of the marketing team and happens to be autistic. And what God gave him is some really special gifts. He's got a wonderful eye for photography and we're all very proud of him. We've got another 220 people, corporate staff that are here with Phoenix, but they're all like family, Stan. They don't all have the same last name, but lots of these people. I've got folks that I worked with at ZBART and we are really a people-centric kind of organization. And I think the culture really transcends the offices. We've got a corporate office in Alabama, corporate office in Michigan, and it really transcends those offices. And you find the same kind of big-hearted people in our franchise ownership, franchise partners. So Phoenix, the vision that we have going forward is to just continue to put the people first and put their success first. And the success for Phoenix and all who are constituents and stakeholders in this will always follow as long as we always put the people first. I've been criticized in the past for that. It's I think it's sort of ironic. I don't know how else you'd do it in franchising without the mindset of a people first kind of organization. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Well, let's do this. Let's put a ribbon on it right here for today. But let's come back and bring Chris and Kevin with you for the next follow-up. And we will then talk about where things stand today and what the vision is for you as the chief executive and your young son and Chris as the future moving forward with Phoenix Franchise Brands. A lot of people are doing the big umbrella over a handful of brands, but typically you find that they're staying in their lane. You are moving across different disciplines, different categories, and it'll be interesting to understand the strategic plan and thinking that is leading you to do what you're doing with a portfolio of diverse brands, not all service brands. So we'll save that for part two, but you sure laid a foundation today for the audience to come back and know who they're hearing from when we do the second part. Well, thank you so much, Stan, for having me. It's such an honor and privilege to be on your show. And thanks for all you've done for franchising. It's very special and very appreciated by all these people, including myself, that you've touched all these years. So uh, thank you for that. Thank you for having me. And I'll look forward to the next chapter. Likewise, I'll do the same. Greg Long, CEO of Phoenix Franchise Brands. Pleasure having you here with us today and looking forward to part two. Thank you, Stan. Well, there it is. Part one of a two-part conversation heading into the archives. Next week, we take a pass for the Labor Day holiday. But when I return on September 13th, Greg Long will be right back for part two of this interview, along with his son, Kevin, CEO of Spray Foam Genie, and Chris Ryan, the brand's founder and COO. Until then, please be safe, have a great end of summer holiday, and get ready for Q4, because it's a knockin' as franchising's high season begins. Until then, I'm Stan Friedman, wishing you the best, the very best of all things franchising, and Franchise Today is out. Franchise Today is a production of FRM Solutions, providing best-in-class CRM tools to empower relationships with prospective and existing franchisees. No excuses, just solutions. Find them online at frmsolutions.com. Join Stan every Wednesday at noon Eastern for another live episode of Franchise Today. Or, as always, download episodes on demand at blogtalkradio.com or iTunes.